Welcome everyone to a special episode of Dissect. I am your host, Cole Kushner, and today I am joined with the co-writer of Season 9 on Mac Miller's Swimming in Circles, Camden Ostrander. What up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. We're going to have some fun today. We're Thanks, mixing it up yeah. a, a little bit on today's show. It's a technically, I guess, a bonus episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the song Conversations. We're going to have a conversation about Conversations Part 1. Um, you might be wondering, why aren't we doing a full episode about this? Um so putting together this season, part of the challenge was trying to fit two albums essentially into one season and not making it this super long season, mm-hmm. um, which would be upwards of like 30 episodes. So there was tough choices to be made about what songs might get cut. Conversations part one was one that we were eyeing that we thought, you know, maybe we can kind of just skim over. Um, but we had the genius idea and we love linguistic threads on this show to have a conversation about conversations and make it a little bit more informal while hopefully still giving you enough insight to change your perception about the song or, or give you some some thoughts that you might not have had on your own. So we're going to try to make this similar to the structure of a, a typical dissect episode, except it'll just be in conversational form. So let's jump in to Conversations Part 1 by Mac Miller. the same shit no way you ain't from my planet we don't speak the same language this is an occasion ain't it? i'm feeling good all right so conversations part one is produced by cardo and young exclusive um you might have heard of them they've kind of made made a big name for themselves somewhat recently uh they produced travis scott's goosebumps they produced schoolboy q's that part uh, among many, many others, some really some they got some bangers. It also lists um, additional production by Flying Lotus, which I tried my hardest to uh, to to guess what he did on this song, but it's it's hard to say. I don't know if you have any intel on that. Uh, maybe ambiance, like right. some of the ambient, like some of those feelings to it, but that's just a guess. I really have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Usually with Flying Lotus, you can tell like he has a very mm-hmm. specific style, but I'm I'm assuming he kind of came in after the fact because he does get additional production credit. I actually never really quite understand what that means. Like I always assume that it means that the bulk of the song was was done by in this case Cardo and Young Exclusive, um, and then Lotus was added later and just mm-hmm. did some touches to what was already there, so they get that additional production and because they weren't there for the meat of it, I guess. That's mm-hmm. that's my best guess on that. It makes sense because the song seems like it came together over a long period of time. Right, I think. Yeah. Like, like many of the songs on Swimming. Yeah. Um, this was one of the first we know that was written that made Swimming. It was in mm-hmm. an initial batch um, along with Jet Fuel, which we talk about on that episode of this uh, initial idea, I guess, before Swimming was kind of cultivated and became what it was, Mac had had a, a, a mixtape that mm-hmm. he was formulating. Was there a title? Do you remember? It wasn't a title. The cover was picked. It was like a picture of Mac and his G-Wagon. And this is all according to uh, Quentin Cuff in the Book of Mac. But it's like, yeah, the picture for the cover was supposed to be the G-Wagon, had conversations, wings and jet fuel, and a couple others, I think. Yeah, it was supposed to be more like bravado-driven. Mm-hmm. Faces. I think he named Faces Style. Um, yeah kind of more loose and more just yeah him kind of flexing Mm -hmm. which as we'll see is pretty apparent on this song um this and jet fuel is definitely mac in his flexing bag true so let's get into the production a little bit um it's pretty simple i would say probably the simplest song in terms of production on on swimming if i could make that point Mm -hmm. there's not too much going on uh harmonically we have two chords, um, an F sharp minor seven and a C major seven that just oscillate back and forth. And what's cool about these chords though is the way that they're spaced out. So if you listen, it hits a low note. There's a few low notes and then it's followed by a couple high notes right after and that's part of the same chord. And so it gives us this kind of airy floating quality as it seesaws back between high and low. And there's some echo and, and reverb on it that also give it this kind of floating quality. So mm-hmm. in a song that's going to be talking about space, the way that yeah. these chords are spaced out literally is kind of a cool connection. Um, 
There's just a lot of wet kind of ambiance to the track, a lot of reverb, uh, a lot of muted effects in terms of like just the general tone of the keyboard, which we're seeing on pretty much every song on Swimming is, that's the case, is that it's the the highs are cut out, the lows are cut out, and we're just getting this kind of underwater feeling Mm. uh, to the tone of the instruments, not to say anything about just the harmonic quality of it as well. So it falls in line with that general sound that he talked about trying to cultivate on swimming, that underwater feel. Um, So in that way, I think it does complement the album quite nicely. Um, And then, yeah, once it starts to develop, um, it's kind of a somewhat standard drum loop. Uh, Again, there's kind of just like a kind of a laid back. I have in my notes like cruising altitude, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like just a, a kind of a nice pace, but not too not too high, not too low. It's kind of just Mac at, at cruising altitude here. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the production. The other thing, I guess, about production, I mean, we're not talking about the end yet, which adds the little, the saxophone. Yeah, but, we, we'll talk about that when we get there. Okay, cool. The um, other thing was that I've seen a lot of, and I mean, I, this is your forte more than mine, is that it sounds similar to I Am Who Am off of watching movies, just the introduction section. Uh, when you talk about like the wet quality to it, it does remind me of that music video, which you know involves a submerged woman and Max in this room where the whole floor is water, and just kind of similar moods or tones to the instrumentation there at the start. And you're talking about the video for I am song? who I am. Okay, yeah. got it. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Um, cool. So let's move into the first chorus. We ain't on the same shit. No way. You ain't from my planet, we don't speak the same language. This is an occasion, ain't it? I'm feeling good and hating. Shit, I don't recognize these faces. Yeah, where you from? Who you came with? Started in the basement. Made it way above the top, now I'm in the spaceship. And the spaceship, shit, the spaceship. Swear your life is basic. All right, so we get Mac starting the first chorus off with way on the same shit no way uh and then following up with you ain't from my planet we don't speak the same language i mean right off the bat this is a little like he's taking himself apart from us which is odd on swimming when Mm. he was looking for the connection from the start this is why i think this song sticks out a little bit um with the bravado aspects uh when he says we ain't on the same shit i do wonder what exactly he means because that's obviously like a nice statement to be like yeah i'm on another level but we've talked about this album and the way he describes different substances i mean shit has that connection at least motivically right um being from like different substances being drugs just to to clarify drugs or yes yes sorry i don't know what to say sometimes Uh, (laughs) um and then uh i mean this idea that we don't even speak the same language being like a complete disconnect. I mean, sometimes it feels a little bad when I try to think through this part, right? Like if Mac wants to talk, he can't even. He's totally separated himself um, from any connection there. And like right off the start, start, it's a bit of a, a high horse, you know? Right, yeah, that's that's similar to my analysis here. Um, yeah, anytime he says we end on the same shit, the shit now is just a, it's a, it's a trigger in terms of yeah. like the, his kind of coded language and that that's going to play out, I think a little bit more or it does play out in my mind a little bit more as we get into the song where as he often does when he's kind of talking about levels, it's yeah, mm-hmm. him artistically on another level flexing, but also like I'm on another level cause I'm elevated. Yeah. I'm high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I saw the connection between the miscommunication that you, you brought up kind of tying back in on, to come back to earth and like mm-hmm. reestablishing some of that disconnect that he was feeling and really kind of laid out at the fore of the album, uh, that kind of coming back. And I think that's kind of a common theme with him when he does flex. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like he flexes, but there's always that kind of undercurrent of because he feels elevated, he's separated. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think Mac at his best moments is when he's not that, when he's like on ladders, you know, specifically, um, when he is on the same level, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it it, def- it definitely starts the song in a place of antagonism and almost uh, kind of feeling good about the separation, or at least that's how it's being presented here at the start. There's a flex to it. There's an ego, which kind of ties into um, the outro of Small Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. And I, there's another part of this, like when you make the connection to come back to Earth, he's literally saying here, you ain't from my planet. Like that's a direct nod, I feel like by him, like as far as intentional stuff that we can look at. And I think we've done this throughout the season, but one of the challenges is like plotting out, okay, where is Mac? If we can like make a narrative, if we can find find out where he is and he's mm-hmm. really all over the place all at once, um, which is kind of part of this process. Um, I feel like right from the start here, we have that callback to the first song and already showing like he's in different places all at once. Right. And we should bring up too that this continues this kind of album long motif of altitude of mm-hmm. high and low underwater and flight, uh, which really come up over and over and over again. Almost every song continues this spatial theme. Now we're getting literal space um, mm-hmm. as we'll see. Um, so let's continue on. This is an occasion. Oh, this is an occasion, ain't it? I'm feeling good and they hate it. And like once again, when he's feeling good and he's elevated, it's like you just your mind kind of just goes to substances, to drugs. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I do also feel like this one, if we look at circles, foreshadows a bit of the good news material. Mm. Um, you know, with like if he I mean, I mean we talk about this all the time with Mac. Making art showing struggles what happens when he's not struggling is the art the same do people still want it and really like the real tension about public reception um when he was here that he i mean pretty clearly showed on his work and we should probably address like who's mac talking to right he's saying you um and it feels to me like especially now I'm feeling good and they hate it. Like he's talking to naysayers. He's talking to like the quote unquote haters, um, which then kind of goes into the next line, right? Shit. I don't recognize these faces. Yeah. Where are you from? Who you came with? Mm-hmm. Um, so right away, I mean, faces I think is like ding, ding, ding. Like it's going to automatically put mm-hmm. your mind to that album, which Absolutely. has a lot of that kind of paranoia and kind of questioning new people around him after he's found success and kind of really thinking a lot about that kind of thing. Um, but I think th- these lines do make clear that he is at least in part talking to naysayers, but also like just the new people around him after finding success. Yeah. And it, like the party aspect, I think we can right. recognize, you know, right. like, Oh, who brought you here? Mm. Why are you, here and like the start in the basement, I think also alludes, and we'll talk more about it, but like being inside and that motif through the album. Right. So the yeah, so the hook continues, started in the basement, made it way to the top. Now I'm in the spaceship, in a spaceship, shit is spacious. So my first thought, I don't know, was started from the bottom, just the mm. Drake, the Drake yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of nod. Which then after faces, I was like, oh, I did it all without a Drake feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? okay, if he did that. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe. Yeah, it's one of those things yeah. that I don't, you know, it could be intentional, maybe not, but anytime anyone now says started low, started, I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of hard not to use that line and, and make it a Drake mm-hmm. thing. So Just maybe, true. maybe, maybe, maybe it's there. Um, but it does set up this interesting, yeah, like you said, uh, this continuing the high low, but specifically like in the basement, in being inside, which we know has been a motif for, being in his head, being isolated, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it also sets up a line that we're going to talk about on jet fuel, which um, maybe we won't burn the lead here, but he does say, came from the basement under that floor. They don't even know that I'm the goat. Right. Like the basement, I think he, at least on these two songs that were going to be on that mixtape and about this flexing, the idea of where he's come from, what he's achieved, and like this low starting point, He's like repeating it and it's definitely on his mind, right? Whether it's because that growth is part of the flex or because like that just shows some part of that path that was unavoidable. Um, I don't know, but yeah, they're definitely connected there. Right. And so, yeah, just in terms of setting, um, you know, 
spaceship. He's in space. We got the nice wordplay with spacious and spaceship. Um, but you know, I think if if you're in space, and maybe I'm thinking too literal a little bit, I just just kind of try to picture Mac in this environment. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a high. It's it's like you are above quite literally everyone, mm-hmm. but it's also like really lonely up there, right? Like <laughs> space is a lonely place to be. There's literally no one else there, um, mm-hmm. which I think kind of gets back at that isolation, that somewhat kind of paranoia about connecting with new people, um, just never knowing people's motives. Um, and just, yeah, that, that general isolation that's been present on the album ever since literal song one, you know, with him being inside and and scared to go outside here. He's, I guess, technically outside, but he's still in a place of isolation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Mac kind of always seems to do, it's a boast, but there's layers, right? Like this could easily be just read as this whole chorus is I'm flexing. I'm better than everyone. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, and, but all these motivic layers reveal that. uh, And I think that continues as the verse or as the, I guess, verse one starts. um, There's much more than what's on the surface. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love a space bar, but we also have to probably notice like this is maybe connected at least, or maybe part of the inspiration for the imagery of, I think it's the good news video um, where we see the diver figure also in space. Right. And Mac talking about altitude and being above the top and, that always reaching for more idea and how you want to pursue that, but also there's danger in flying too close to the sun or right. going too high or reaching a place that's beyond the rest of us, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it does join also um, ladders, wings, jet fuel, Mercedes G wagon, all this, this vehicular motif that oh, yeah. we've been ca- kind of talking about all season. We'll continue to talk about specifically ones for flight, right? Like at least ladders, wings, jet fuel, all are talking about things that get him high, whether you know good or bad. There's there's different ways he's gone about feeling high, being high. Uh, all of them coming with you know there's certain amount of problems and and uh, and yeah, it's just it's just again like like there's so many threads on this album. It's been really a blast to mm-hmm. kind of connect them all. Mm-hmm. But it always just like takes me back to like his quote where the you know one of the few quotes that we have about Mac that speaks directly about the, the concept of swimming, which he said was, you know, not a concept album per se, it wasn't a narrative driven album, but there was mm-hmm. a central theme. And that was just him, a, that that theme was a product of him just being as honest as possible. Mm-hmm. So Motivically, it's so dense, right? And everything is so interwoven, overlapping. And like, he's everywhere all at once because he's all honest. He's giving all of him like there's no middleman he's do- giving us all of it all the time right so let's get into verse one all you do is sit around the house you getting fake that ain't anything yeah you missing every single shot that you ain't taking hey kid you could use a little bit of your imagination it could do you right and prove a life you busy wasting Said it's your money if you make it. Otherwise, it's just a conversation. Okay. Why you- All right. So verse one starts out. Swear your life is basic. All you do is sit around the house. You getting faded. This ain't or that ain't entertainment. So, I guess we should probably talk again about like. So who's he talking to here? Mm-hmm. Um, again, this could could be still Mac you know, talking to naysayers that he's now saying are lazy people around Mm -hmm. him that are lazy. Um, it could be, these are just ones that I thought of, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. We didn't really just, everyone knows we didn't really talk about the song at all, uh, before we came here. So we're, your interpretation is just going to be as in real time. Um, so the other perception I thought was maybe it's his haters talking about Mac or it's Mac Mm. talking to himself about himself in a younger state. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw the him talking to himself. I think you can make a clear line between this line and on self care when he says, let's stay inside and play some 45s in oblivion, right? The staying in the house, getting faded and maybe looking for entertainment. Um, and I think he's talking to himself. If this is also a song about, you know, his place in the industry, cause there's a lot of talk about money on here. Right this ain't entertainment is him saying this is not the entertainment industry, but then he's kind of interrogating. Can he make art? 
Or is he just sitting around just taking it all in without making any of his own? What does the industry want from him or how can he succeed in the industry if he's not like constantly creating, which we saw was a thing for him, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. I think so you could, it could be, yeah, pressure from the outside of him not producing much mm-hmm. or yeah. too, or, or enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't like think he's about not, that. he's not entertaining others. Right. I feel like that might be a source of guilt. Right. You know? Um, and like a little bit of self criticism here. Yeah, no, I think that definitely applies. Um, and especially you getting faded, obviously, is a pretty blatant drug reference. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that guilt is is spot on. Um, so that ties in then with the next line, you miss in every single shot that you ain't taking. So we've heard this kind of motif again in other songs on ladders we heard, I wouldn't wait forever, just shoot your shot. And then later mm-hmm. on Jet Fuel, we're going to hear throwing up shots like I don't miss. So I think the obvious metaphor is the common one where yeah you're not going to go anywhere you're not going to achieve anything if you don't try um Mm -hmm. and so it ties into this this theme of the first verse developing here where yeah maybe max feeling guilty about not producing enough not going forward enough uh feeling like he's being quote-unquote lazy Mm -hmm. there's like it it continues the motif of playing games especially Mm -hmm. in its perhaps its allusion to the you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott quote. And then, <laughs> and then there's also, I mean, there is an alcohol element to this. You yeah. miss every shot. You don't drink. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Oh, damn. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Which was like, when we get to jet fuel, that's a throwing exactly. up shots. Like I don't miss. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's an even more kind of blatant yep. alcohol thread there. Um, which yeah, definitely applies, especially after you getting faded. Um, hundred percent. Um, so then we get, Hey kid, you could use a little bit of your imagination. It could do you right. Improve a life you busy wasting. Yeah. Again, I feel like this is the guilt. I, you know, like if he's talking to himself, he's telling himself to use his imagination. We also have heard him talk over the years about his worries or concerns that his drug use was in part to, I don't to credit his work and his mm-hmm. art the idea that like i can't make the same art if i'm not engaging in these same behaviors right the imagination would be the more pure childish you know skill to make art and i feel like he's maybe blaming himself or looking at this type of stuff um and trying to convince himself to use what he has to make some to make something right yeah, and it, it does continue this an, another, I guess, more minor motif, but there has been this relation from where anytime he mentions kids or youth, it usually mm-hmm. comes with this idea of imagination. And we've talked about mm-hmm. that. I can't remember what episodes, but, you know, you, uh, Shel Silverstein was a big influence on him. And he talked about in interviews of just the imagination of children and children's stories being kind of psychedelic and tapping into these outside the lines is how, how he'll put it a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just not coloring inside the lines and just trying to reach that next level that beyond the boundaries of adulthood, especially or <clears throat> specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we have wasting, you know, busy wasting is wasted, you know, so there's another kind of slight allusion to using drugs. Um, so it then goes into, I guess what we can call a refrain. Um, I guess it's a refrain technically, yeah. Said it's your money if you make it, otherwise it's just a conversation. So we get obviously the title of the song here nodded to and kind of implying that this whole first verse is a is a conversation, um, which, yeah, again, could be naysayers, could be himself, does feel more in line with him being him, talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because this is one, this, the refrain is a little bit weird to me or not weird. It's just not quite clear what it means. Uh, the phrasing is just a little bit odd. Um, so I'm curious to hear your interpretation of it. Well, it's tough to like wrangle what he's saying here because just the conversation feels unmack. We've, I think we played it in the season opener, but there's a clip of him saying, like somebody's asking him about how he feels about people interpreting his art. And he says that art is a conversation. It should be a conversation. You should have your feeling. I have mine. And we talk about it. 
And that's what this whole thing should be. So obviously, he cared about and valued conversation, or at least seemed to, right? So the idea of it's just a conversation, I always like kind of hit a wall of like, but you, that it seemed like this is an ideal. Mm-hmm. So the just thing. So when I try to think about it, I try to wrap my head around the simultaneity, which we see him use all the time, right? Where he's like saying something that has a bunch of different interpretations. Um, and it seems like it has multiple intentional interpretations. Um, because there's the boast of if you just talk and talk and talk, you're not actually making anything. You're not right. using your imagination. You're not making anything for the entertainment industry. You're not making any money. But there's also this idea that the money overshrouds anything he can create, right? Right. Swimming is so deeply personal and he talks so barely about or so rawly. That's not even a word. He ta- <laughs> this is why we don't do conversations. So he talks like he lays himself bare and there's going to be perhaps a monetary reward for that. And I think that kind of makes some guilt because if you're making all this art and you feel guilty for the reward you get for making all the art, right? That's a real concern. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with Max's whole career because he, he, his career took off really fast. Yeah. And it's in part not just because of what he made. There are other factors that were a big part of why his career took off so fast. And he, it seemed, struggled a long time with how to kind of process that right so the idea of like what is his what money does he have like and how that just plays a role in his art it honestly seems incomprehensible like you cannot make sense of all the guilt that could be playing into it or how it clouds imagination and the idea of pure art when you're stuck in the entertainment industry right yeah and i think my my initial interpretation i think all that's definitely there um but if he is kind of talking to naysayers and, and elevating himself as more of a flex, mm-hmm. it seems like it could be just like a clever rewording of like, you're all talk, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's just, I think, yeah, I think there's more under the surface, but I think that's kind of like the the initial kind of flex is just like, mm-hmm. and it, you'll see in verse two, he's going to say like, we got pocket full of aces. We don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just do. We just you know, we're just the shit and we're not going to tell you about how we're the shit. We just, we, we act, we make the money mm-hmm. um, and we, and we do it. So. Which is a good flex. Like that is yeah. a good <laughs> flex. You yeah. should be, you know, but yeah. Right. Um, all right. So then we move into the free or the, the first pre-chorus. Okay. Why you always say Lacing up my sneakers. I'll be running out of patience. Yeah, it ain't your money till you make it. Otherwise, it's just a conversation. We ain't on the same shit. All right, so Matt kicks off the first pre-chorus saying, "Okay, why are you always hating? Lacing up my lacing up my sneakers. I'll be running. I be running out of patience." By the way, it takes me like so long to <laughs> record like rap lyrics uh, as you hear them on dissect because they just don't. They're not meant to be said the way that i say them right like, they absolutely are <laughs> which all you out there listening like i understand like it's very funny when i that's, read certain lines like i'm mm-hmm. very aware of that that's it's the like, appeal <laughs> that's that's the best part <laughs> uh anyway so let me give you another shot here okay why are you always hating lacing up my sneakers i'd be running out of patience um so this feels this felt like to me max like response to the verse so if he's talking mm. to if he's talking to the naysayers or if the naysayers are, if he's voicing the naysayers about him, then this is now Mac responding saying, why are you always hating? Now I'm going to lace up my sneakers. I'm going to actually start doing the thing. I'm going to get in the race. I'm going to run. I'm going to do the things and I'm not going to be in my room being wasted, not doing anything. Hmm. Okay. I really had not even considered that, that this was him talking back at that first verse. And that makes sense because he did think of his structure. There's some interviews where he talks about like the structure and concept of songs of like different verses speaking to each other or a verse and a chorus interacting, um, which is always really neat to see him talk about. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. 
So now I got to sit here and think about that for a couple <laughs> months. Um, I don't know. Like the way I like, I was just like, oh, it's a funny double entendre. He's lacing up his sneakers and running out of patience to run. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting, I think, here to see if we're looking at this flex being a bit apart from the rest of swimming. He's got shoes on here. Mm. And there's definitely some progression or something to be made of no shoes on or shoes on here, no shoes on the cover, and the one shoe on self care, right? Mm. Um, self care so video. Yep. And the, yeah, sorry, the video, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's also the idea of like if he's he's boasting about being on a spaceship, but now he's running, so he's simultaneously like at this high other world great thing, but a run. And exercise and being grounded, these are all things that he was promoting at the time as ways, you know, to give himself headspace. Um, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, we should probably also acknowledge the continuation. Lacing up sneakers kind of ties back into missing every shot you ain't taking, like this idea of game, of mm-hmm. basketball, of uh, him getting it, literally getting in the game. And that's kind of why I also thought it might be now a different perspective talking to who mm-hmm. was voicing the first verse because they were saying you're missing every shot you're not taking. Now he's saying, okay, now I'm, now I'm getting in the game. Now I'm lacing up my mm-hmm. sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, which then again, like, so we get, I did refrain again right after this. Yeah. Ain't your money till you make it. Otherwise it's just a conversation, which, you know, it could just be a simple repeat and have the same meaning that we had talked about. But if we're kind of playing with the perspectives here, it could almost be like, him like affirming himself now, like Mm. I'm going to go out and get the money. I'm going to go out and do the things. And now I'm Mm -hmm. not going to talk anymore. I'm actually going to do the things. Um, And I think that does, as we'll see, play into what then becomes the the first or the second verse, sorry. um, And the progression there, because there does, there's a, there's a clear difference between verse one and verse two, where verse one is, Complaints about someone being lazy, whether that's Mac himself or his haters or his haters, you know, talking about him when he was mm-hmm. younger, perhaps. Um, and then he pan- actually panned out to be successful, even though he was, in other people's eyes, being lazy, just getting wasted and making music. Like, that's obviously, if you're not successful at that, that becomes, people's perception of that is like, yeah, you're just, you're not mm-hmm. doing anything with your life, right? And then in verse two is going to be way more present day flexes about what he's done after success. Literally, you know, the first uh, line of the verse two is everybody famous, everybody wild, everybody dangerous, get a couple dollars. Now they act the strangest. So there is a kind of linear progression time-wise between the verses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, let's jump in. Actually, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with verse two. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, welcome back to Dissect. Um, Before the break, we had the first pre-chorus, which then goes into a repetition of the chorus. Um, Was there anything on the repeat that you wanted to point out that kind of change after the context of verse one or are you safe to just kind of say it's a, a simple repeat I, th- I feel safe to call it a repeat i think yeah 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 the same feeling so let's go ahead and get into verse two everybody famous everybody wild everybody dangerous get a couple dollars now they act strange now they want to give a couple statements when you really about it you don't say shit pocket full of aces take over my city yeah that's really home invasions all my homies with me getting busy no vacations they ain't on my way but they waving stop boy you running through your savings yeah all right, so verse two kicks off. Max says, everybody famous, everybody wild, everybody dangerous. Get a couple dollars. Now they act the strangest. Now they want to give a couple statements. I mean, this is it's a pretty cool opening. I really yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> I, I, think, I think this is where I want to... Mm, there's something really cool happening in this song, and I think it's okay to say it now because we're in the second verse and Max really going. He makes the whole song rhyme. I don't know if you feel like this, but there's a way he delivers this stuff. And I, I say this right now because the the dangerous 
is like the craziest rhyme I think he makes. Yeah, so I'm just putting the, this. So you're so the the claim is that the entire from start to finish the song mm-hmm. rhymes. Yeah. So every line ends in something that rhymes with how Max says conversation, and especially the a the conversation like uh, that yeah, yeah, sound yeah, yeah. really gets emphasized as almost always the next to last syllable. And so right. he's always making dangerous. Like he makes oh, that yeah, two yeah. syllables. So it's dangerous. Like, so it is conversation. Even dangerous. one that would not make sense at all. Make it. He makes make mm-hmm. it. He does. Yeah. The a. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy. You're the blowing whole, my mind. Yeah. So like, first off, if he wanted to make that rap mixtape and flex on everybody, this would okay. be, yeah. Okay. This would be Mac rapping everybody out right like come on now that's ridiculous that he made this all it also does go to his delivery which some people uh, i mean i love it but like he does there's a mumble-ish aspect to it right there's a bit of a a slurring to it um it does also in my mind kind of reflect or at least correlate with how he's everywhere all at once and how all the words jumble together Mm. if you look at like the artwork of all the letters in the circle like it's all Right. kind of held in something mm-hmm. um which is kind of interesting um so yeah the that's dangerous ama- by the way to me, that's amazing i don't know if that was obvious to everyone but i mm-hmm. literally just realized that when you said it so i just gotta acknowledge nice find mm-hmm. it just changed my my whole perception of the song the songs are awesome yeah but uh, it, i think it yeah. makes sense with the fl- the mixtape thing like this mm-hmm. was that's that's a lyrical exercise you do this consciously right like yes and if you're thinking about how am i going to flex as an mc Mm-hmm. this is one of those ways right like kendrick yeah. does this all the time where it's like he's he's the 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 for like the full verse or the full song will be a concept you know mm-hmm. and and that's just a, a way to exp- that's like a subtle flex like not everyone's going to pick that up i mean i didn't pick that up and i actually analyzed the song so <laughs> if i didn't pick it up i'm going to assume right. like there's a lot of people that didn't pick it up right. but i bet you most MC worth anything would notice that right away. I mean, you know? Mac Miller nice too, though. Like, we know this. Jay-Z right. said this. Mac Miller nice too, though. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I don't. And then there's a cool thing here with the, um, getting a couple dollars and then a couple statements because it's like bank statements right, yeah. to me, which I thought was neat. Yeah. So my, I guess my interpretation, I, I kind of previewed it before, but this, this felt like to me a flash forward. So mm-hmm. where the verse one was got it, what I, especially with the, you know, Hey kid. Um, and then saying like, you're not doing anything, use your imagination. That to me kind of put it, put my mind like, okay, he's talking about maybe a younger version of himself or someone's talking about mm-hmm. the younger version of him. Now we're flashing forward where he had, he found the success. He laced up his shoes. He made the money. He got the couple dollars and now people around him are acting mm-hmm. different. Right, which goes back into with all these new faces around me, um, and just that paranoia, and just like yeah, that adaptation of of fame, right? And everything, and everything that fame encompasses is implied here. Everybody wild, everybody dangerous, like partying, touring, living Mm -hmm. recklessly, all that's present after his life post success. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like this this cool juxtaposition for those of you. Best word. (laughs) For those of you playing dissect bingo, you didn't think I was going to sneak it in, but so we get this cool juxtaposition between the first verse, second verse, these, you know, different perspectives, different timelines, uh, all kind of slotted into this track. Um, so now the conversation's different, right? That was, that Mm -hmm. was the main difference between verse one and verse two before people thought that they had a, thought they were the elevated ones talking down to Mac being lazy. Mm Mm-hmm wasting his life away now he's the one above and now they're the ones wanting something from him right mm-hmm. um which then transitions into the next lines when you really bout it you don't say shit pocket full of aces i mean the i just i i get on the gambling part of this yeah. one when i yeah. when I hit these lines. so like first off i'm kind of still reeling and i really like that structural concept but i think here it's important to acknowledge the way pocket full of aces is both like a great like I'm not saying anything. I have everything up my sleeve or in my pocket. Like I've got it all. Everything's set. I'm good. I've made this happen. Right? Right. But then when we look at gambling throughout swimming, um, and I mean, there's a reason there are dice on that merch, right? Um, yeah. Like that. Yeah. So I think the pocket full of aces definitely at least respond, like 
is like the um the I throw my cards on the table, the gamble of do you say what you want to say? Do you say what's inside? And the idea of like card games and just the way that like that's an interaction between people and you're trying to read each other and trying to figure out what to say, how honest to be, right? How to play and how to lay your cards. Also the idea that life gives you a hand and how mm. to play the hand you're dealt. Yep. Um, I think it's a really neat extended motif that it really does fly under the radar of swimming. Um, but I feel like it's really important to call out when we see it because it, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing about motifs, I would say, obviously beyond Mac's work, but specifically in Mac's work where, yeah, without that, without that motif running throughout swimming, this would just be a flex, right? Mm-hmm. It would be like, we don't say shit. We're just about it. We go mm-hmm. about our business and we're, you know, but yeah, you can't bring up gambling without then referencing everything else tied to gambling on the album. And so mm-hmm. you get these again with Mac, it's like, he's going to flex, but there's always going to be something beneath that, something more complicated, something more vulnerable beneath that. Um, and just so people, we didn't say it, but I don't know if people, everyone knows this, but pocket aces is the best starting hand in Texas Hold'em poker. You get dealt two cards in the beginning of Texas Hold'em. So if you get dealt two aces, that's like the, I guess the best mm-hmm. hand in gotcha. Texas Hold'em gambling. So it's just, again, another flex. Um, so then that flex kind of continues, take over my city. That's really home invasions. All my homies with me, getting busy, no vacations. So we get the nice Pittsburgh kind of shot out here. Uh, get the flex of Mac staying true to his, you know, day ones, bringing mm-hmm. up his his kind of family with him. Mm-hmm. Um from Pittsburgh, I'm assuming is the ref is the kind of tie there between take over my city and then following that with all my homies with me with the home and homies. home invasions yeah. and city. Um, so we get the getting busy, no vacations, which again kind of implies that work ethic that's alluded to in the previous line, but also I thought was like a sexual innuendo, which he's done a lot on this album. Ooh, getting busy. Oh, um, wait, that is, oh, this is not <laughs> taking a trip. Oh, right. wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he does this a lot. He does yeah. this a lot. Which ties into, like, the, the opening statement of the verse, everybody famous, everybody whacked and yeah. wild, everybody dangerous. Like, again, this superstar life lifestyle, mm. which is going to come with some ladies, too. Yeah. And, the like, the missing the flights. Oh, man. He's doing it over and over again. Um, I, always, I laugh at the, the that's really home invasions. That makes me laugh, which is nice. It is nice on swimming to be able to, like, laugh at at least, right. that's, at least this song, which is nice. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense, too. Like, why would he say that? But it's like, oh, he's doing the rhyme thing. Like, he's finding ways to. Invasion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we continue on. They, they ain't on my wave, but they wave in. Which I thought's, I mean, really cool wordplay. Also, yeah. obviously tying in with the water motivic mm-hmm. theme throughout the album, but here using it to flex. Um, it's what you, you just okay, looked at me in shock. Literally just had the. Th- oh, <laughs> man. All right. So here's the thing, right? This verse is really cool, really great flex. I always like to think about merch as like an actual, real, intentional extension of the album. Especially with this, Especially we're going to talk about this. that on on the finale. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. but but. This is the merch verse. If this is his thing about making money, and this is like, look at all the money I make. Here's my merch. Uh, the gambling is mm-hmm. the dice, and dice, the wave yeah. is the wave on the hoodie. Um, oh, and yeah, guess yeah. Who, what we're doing when we buy all the merch is we're running through our savings. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, that feels pretty good to me. <laughs> that feels nice. That's good. That's really good. Nice. <sighs> That's yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's also uh, beach, but it's great. No, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the dice thing's totally, I think that's valid. I mean, not just here, but just the gambling. If mm-hmm. That's not something you'd pick up just casual listening, but the gambling thing is definitely a thread. Um, mm-hmm. All the merch, I think, I haven't done like a formal analysis on it, but just a, even just a surface level kind of thought experiment about it, it all ties back to, to mm-hmm. the concepts and, and the, the motifs. Um, so... There's mm-hmm. a big one that we're going to reveal at the very end uh, of the season <laughs> that we're holding in, despite me Wait just wanting it. to do like <laughs> no, don't do it. a million billion TikTok videos on it and blow up the internet, but yeah. um, we're saving it. Good. 
Um, okay, so they ain't on my wave, but they wave in. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same as we ain't on the same planet, right? It's just that elevated. Mm. We're not on the same level, not on the same surface. You know, the, the uh, swimming, the swimming parallel, right? Right. Where yeah. all the ways he travels are kind of seen as parallels. So, like yeah. that spaceship being like swimming. I mean, the Floating, connection yeah. here yeah, yep, yeah. and the float of it. I also thought of it as like the the waving hello, like this disconnect still, right? Right. Um, so like waving hello, but waving goodbye and just how there, there's a bit of a connection, but there's also, it's they're separated. Yeah, and it's also like, it's like a parade or something, mm. like, right? They're mm-hmm. waving at him and at almost like in adoration because he's mm-hmm. on another level. He's the successful one. Uh. He's in the spaceship, like, He's what they're waving at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get stop it, boy. You're running through your savings. So I thought this was a cool continuation of what was, you know, founded in the first verse where he said, uh, Hey, kid, where you get mm-hmm. that kind of childhood reference. He brings that back with stop it, boy. Mm-hmm. You're running through your savings. So now it's, it's interesting again, like that juxtaposition between the verses before it was like, you need to be more kid like. Use your imagination, be creative, make the money. Now he's spending his money like a child. Or if mm-hmm. if, we're, if it's someone talking to Mac now, mm-hmm. which I think is the case, um, he's blowing his money. He's being reckless. He's mm-hmm. spending like a child, not you know playing for the future. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's also a development from running out of patience to running through your savings. I think. Oh yeah, and yeah, if I'm yeah. th- and I and I really do get sometimes caught up in the idea of like art and money and how those things yeah. interact and how it kind of taints each other. I mean, patience is a virtue, and money is not. You know, right. um, and so that development I feel is there. Yeah. Right. So then that gets us to the second pre-chorus, which is slightly different. Gets we get two different two different lines and then a restatement of the refrain. Um, so let's hear that. Yeah, I just feel amazing My head up in the clouds But my feet be on the pavement Yeah, it ain't your money Till you make it Otherwise, just a conversation We ain't on the same Alright, so he kicks off the second pre-chorus With, yeah, I just feel amazing My head up in the clouds But my feet be on the pavement So I'm going to toss this to you because I know you got I love, to say this I love it. I love it. This is so, right up your alley. Yeah, this is like the simultaneity of like high and low is really great here. The idea of him being grounded but also looking up is really great. Um, because honestly, it probably is the best way to be is to be like realistic and tied to reality, but also thinking of better. Mm-hmm. Right. If we're talking about like the wisdom that is like coming through this album, this is I think a piece of wisdom. Um, it does also reference the, when living off of borrowed time, often I'm on the fence on a line, uh, adding up what's on my mind, my feet on the clouds, head on the ground. So yeah. he's changed. From perfecto. Yeah. I'm perfecto. Yeah. So he's like flipped it. Right. And I, they're almost, I really wanted the math. I did the math on this one. I really wanted them to be like mathematically parallel or something in the runtime <laughs> of the album. I wanted something so bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. there. And I think there's also a possible reference to an Earl sweatshirt verse on faces. Now I wish I'd taken a note about this, mm. but there's like Earl sweatshirt has a ver- like a like a line about his head being in clouds, but his toes in the struggle. Mm. I think, and I think his also had to deal with like being high or something. I I should have remembered to write that down oh, okay. <laughs> when I had that thought. But yeah, it's just a I conversation. Really like it's just a conversation, exactly. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think uh, for me it was like. So yeah, so on Perfecto, he says feet in the clouds, head on the ground. So, you know, if we're if we're thinking about the substance thread of this song, it could be Max saying, I'm high, but my feet are on the pavement. I'm still grounded. I'm still making money. I'm doing all mm-hmm. the things that I need to do. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm doing drugs, but like I got my shit together. Right. Um, it could be, you know, head up in the clouds. Again, like isolation. Um, not you know, being foggy headed, um, because of the substances, which is like why the clouds motif kind of mm-hmm. works so well for that uh, analogy. Because he's feeling good, but he's also isolated, he's separated. It's hazy. It's like mm-hmm. you know he's not grounded in reality. But here it feels like to me in line with the flex of the of the right. entire song of like 
yeah, I'm high, but I got my shit together. I'm my feet are on the pavement. I got my shoes on. I'm laced up. I'm running. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's and, also the album cover, you know. Right. He's, he's his head's up in the plane, but his feet oh, yeah, are dirty. Yeah. Right. So it is the album cover, yeah. and I feel like it is that that middle trans. It's because like part of what he's capturing on swimming, I feel beautifully. And one of the things that's really hard to articulate, but he does it, is being simultaneously multiple things at once. Because that probably is the most accurate way of explaining what existence is like. Right. Because we are so many things at once, right? Yeah. And so being in the liminal space of being in that doorway that kind of the cover is and having his head being inside that container, um, but also being with the clouds and then his feet being in the white empty space, but also being dirty as if they've been on the ground. Right. In the pavement. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Um, So... After this pre-chorus, we get a repetition of the chorus, which is then followed by a really nice musical outro. So we get a nice musical outro. There's a saxophone that's introduced. Um, I think you had said earlier you had something on that. Oh, I just love it. But uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I think the guy is named Kenneth Whalem. I might not be pronouncing it right, um, but he's also credited on ladders. And, oh, okay. And those okay. horns, like, are that's yeah. beautiful. So like, right. I just love everything that guy did on this album. It's really great. Yeah, and it's um, it's cool because it's minimal. Like it's mm-hmm. not like a full blown sax solo, which could easily have been the thing here. It's more mm-hmm. of a sax texture, right? And which, also, I just love a saxophone outro. So, oh, I know. I was gonna say it's not the world star. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's um, so what he's doing, I believe, is like tremolo, where you're just kind of oscillating between two notes somewhat fast, which mm. in my mind always sounds like bubbles. And I, this huh. this is definitely a subjective hearing, but it's just kind of like that rapid, like it always mm-hmm. sounds like bubbles to me. Um, so just my personal hearing of it always felt fitting to the song and the album of that underwater theme, mm. um, just and especially with the echoes and stuff. It's just, it just adds that certain flavor um, to the mix that just really nice, really tasteful. Like I'm always appreciating when musicians, I don't know if this was a direction Matt gave uh, the sax player or if this is just what the sax player heard. Um, But I always love when an obviously talented musician such Mm -hmm. as this player is, um, is refrained, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is is restrained, restrained, sorry. Conversations. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, just, just isn't afraid to just not shine. Cause you can easily could make have this uh, something right. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it would have just taken the song to another place. I don't know if it would have been good or bad, but here is just, it fits the vibe of the song. This, this mm. song, generally speaking is again, I think, cru- I think of cruising altitude. There's not mm-hmm. acceleration. There's just, and it, actually your analysis of, every every line rhyming kind of fits that where it's cruising altitude he's found mm-hmm. a groove and he's just there and he's just riding it the song doesn't have much in terms of dynamics going too high too low there's no changes in tempo or you know mm-hmm. there's nothing it's just pretty straightforward and the sax player i think complements that really nicely um it's just like a nice nice detail um mm-hmm. which we've discovered so many of these details musically lyrically on this album that um you know hearing him talk about the way that they cultivated this 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 album of you know what seemed to be i don't know definitely upwards of a hundred songs or something that he mm-hmm. was working on um really honed in selected the ones and then just really put a lot of time into those small details that mm-hmm. you know i think why this album feels different than the for at least for me that why it feels more developed is those small details, those things that just come in for a moment, mm-hmm. come in and out. You know, you'll hear them just once in the song. Like Tyler's really great at this. And 
the more and more I've been thinking about Mac and Tyler, I just feel like they're like parallel figures in terms of someone that just got better and better and evolved. And Tyler, that's something that I feel like he did or continues to do so well is these small production details that mm-hmm. it's the it's the reason why we can listen to certain albums over and over again and still find them interesting. Yeah. You're not going to consciously say, oh, I just hear this one thing like for a second, like, but I think on a subconscious level, it's always a little bit unpredictable. We're always hearing a little bit something new every time. And again, I think that the sax, while that's an obvious example of something coming in uh, at, at the very end and only briefly, I think it speaks to this larger quality of the album of just taste, man. Like mm. there's just a taste level on this record where oh, yeah. all the choices were made just so, so well instrumentation wise. So I think that gets us to the end of conclu- or, uh, c- conclusions. Conclusions. <laughs> Conversations, part one. Um, I do want to talk about the the title because mm-hmm. part one implies there was going to be a part two. I haven't, I haven't found anything about a part two or a conceptual mm-hmm. part two. So I do wonder if the plan was to have a part two or if part one somehow is supposed to clue us in on something about mm-hmm. this song. I don't right. know if you have any. I mean, I think you see it with like the conversation happening throughout this that it could obviously be continued. I mean, we obviously don't know what the future held. I mean, we know what the future held. We don't know what it could. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's something really beautiful going on with swimming in circles with incompletion being complete. Mm. Um, I think you hear this in the final note of circles. I I think you feel this in perfecto in accepting the imperfect as perfect, but because sometimes we get caught up in the idea of like, we need to feel whole or we need something to reach a resolution, but that might not happen ever. And we need to accept that I think is its own version so when I see conversation part one, I, you, I think it's an, an an invitation to accept a beginning without knowing the ending. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I like that a lot, actually. I uh, didn't think about that, but <clears throat> whether that was intentional or not, I think that's a, mm-hmm. a perfectly reasonable, very insightful kind of uh, observation about <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it really is because it does. I mean, that's so much of this album, right? It's like yeah. him really trying to come to terms with accepting exactly what it is in front of you in this moment, good or bad, mm-hmm. simul- most often simultaneously good and bad, and just being okay with being okay, being okay with not being okay, mm-hmm. being okay with, yeah, not knowing the full story, not ever going to know the full story. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to, to always get back to the now um, and just kind of living for today in this moment, which is the only thing we know for sure, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like that a lot. The, my only addition to that would be because I kind of saw this as multiple perspectives shifting, shifting in and out and this conversation mm-hmm. in the song itself. You know, we have this almost like a a forewarning if if mm. if the perspective shifts and someone says to him stop it boy you're running through your savings i don't know how that could be mac talking to anybody else in this song that's mm-hmm. that feels like someone talking to mac gotcha. which is a shift in mm-hmm. perspectives because he's before that he says they out of my wave but they wave in and then this, in my view the perspective shifts stop it boy you're running through your savings so my idea of maybe if there was a conversation part two maybe it would have been that was going to be the next conversation was going to be, okay, we found Mac before success versus one, mm-hmm. you know, we found Mac after success kind of living recklessly. It's not like he was kind of implying that he's living recklessly head on the, you know, head in the clouds, feet on the pavement. You know, mm-hmm. there's allusion to, you know, a possible conflict there in the long term. And if someone's coming in to warn him, Hey, you're, kind of wilding out you're blowing through your savings you're you're kind of like the success is getting to you and it's not sustainable mm-hmm. maybe the conversation part two was gonna you know how do you live after success mm. successfully right right that That's was true. the only thing that 
you know, I thought about if there was going to be a part two, if it, if it was even going to be conceptually linked to this, right. you know, definitely could be an overreach and thinking too much about it. But that was the only thing about the song where I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It kind of leaves you on this, at least, uh, you know, the end of verse two leaves you on this kind of like unresolved note, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're running through your savings. Now what? Like, he doesn't ever re- yeah. kind of resolve that. He just says, hey, I feel amazing. My head's in the clouds, you know, like I got, right. I'm cool right now, but you know, that's not the case long-term. So gotcha. that was my, I like sense. yours better. I like yours <laughs> <That's> better. <okay. laughs> that's true. Um, cool, man. I think that was good. I don't know. Yeah. I had fun. Um, <laughs> anything else you wanted to talk I, about? I didn't want to just add like one, I guess like one and a half last thing. Yeah. You might want to point like, I like to try to think about a narrative-ish track through the album. Yeah. I don't, I'm, and now I'm trying to remember if we even mentioned this, but he's in a spaceship. So if the preceding track is Small Worlds, now he's in a spaceship. This is the place from which he can see the small worlds. Right. I think that might be a really neat thing kind of that he maybe saw or maybe just coincidence. And then I think there's definitely like him coming back down to the clouds for Dunno because, uh, you know, he might be like taking the spaceship and making it a plane. Like, I mean, right. there's just there seems to be some alteration in altitude. And there's also, I think, I mean, because we talked about this, like what can we say about this song? What is there to the song? But I also think, especially if we look at that rhyme and just how beautifully flexing Mac is here, how beautifully skilled he is. This is almost, this is kind of an achievement of the ability to be present in a moment, right? Mm. To be able to appreciate the cruising altitude, to engage in a conversation with somebody else, regardless of like how good that conversation is or how right anybody is in that conversation, but to be in the moment and to have those things um, and how important that is. Amidst all the turmoil of the whole thing, it is really beautiful to have this moment. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad that you, yeah, I love that. I'm glad that you pointed that kind of narrative. I don't know if it's a narrative thread, but there does seem to be some intention in the track list in terms of songs kind of connecting Mm -hmm. to each other. I think the most clear one is this idea going from, I guess, self-care you can make the case but like really with wings ladders Mm -hmm. small worlds there's this continued flight aspect that i think Mm -hmm. is pretty intentional in that that middle run of songs in the album even bridging that yeah small worlds and then conversation he is talking about being in the clouds that's going to continue on duno duno literally takes place in the clouds Mm -hmm. uh that's going to continue into jet fuel where he's in the clouds but it's another kind of twist on that of mm-hmm. the clouds and what that means and then actually i won't say anything about how that ties into 2009 i don't want to we'll i don't want to give that away but yeah. there's definitely a progression of him being high again there's multiple implications with that on this middle track of songs mm-hmm. and this middle run of songs which is definitely going to culminate into 2009 and if we're reading so it goes as kind of the credits rolling on the album it does really, everything is building up to 2009. And I guess mm-hmm. I should end it there before we get too much ahead of ourselves. But I think the listeners are going to appreciate this this kind of thread that we're they're weaving. Yeah, or not. I think. <laughs> or they'll hate it. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's there, though. I think it's mm-hmm. there's enough do, stuff yeah. going on that... Um, in an album where he literally has comes back to earth on number, you know, track one and mm-hmm. grounds us literally. Mm-hmm. There's this, these attempts in the openings of the song or the opening run of songs to kind of, to lift himself, to, to, mm-hmm. to find that altitude. And then once sustained on the middle track, we're going to see how it kind of comes down again, mm-hmm. making a circle. Um, so <laughs> that's a little, that's a little tease for the rest of the season, but um yeah, that was cool. I think um, I had fun. What do you think? I had a real nice time, Cole. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Um, all right, guys. Um, we're going to tap out here. Let us know if you like this or not. Um, I think I would like to do more of these conversational episodes. Um, they're fun. Uh, I learned some new stuff in real time, which is always good. That is fun, yeah. And let us know if we missed anything or you guys will do that anyways uh, <laughs> thanks guys you see my em my dms and the reddit threads um they definitely let, let us know what we missed um anyways all right camden great job um on thanks. to now dunno and jet fuel 
Mm-hmm.